Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Thank you for joining me for season 11 of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. This season, you may hear one episode a week. You might hear two. Just kind of depends. I have so many great guests that you do not want to miss them. Each one brings a brand new perspective on freedom, a new perspective on God and their relationship with Him, and also so many great projects coming up. We hit a major milestone this past season of 5,000 downloads. And that is due to each and every one of you for tuning in every week. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Let's continue to watch God move. Let's continue to give him the glory for the freedoms that we have experienced or will experience. And if you need today to understand more about God and more about his freedom, then tune into this episode and message me and let's go on this journey together. Thank you for listening. Enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I'm really excited today because I'm meeting with a new friend. Uh, This is Jillian Benfield and we met... Uh, Actually, this is the first time we're meeting, and her publicist, Rebecca, um, who I've gotten to know pretty well, and she's like, you got to talk to Jillian. So um, I received her book, and yeah, we'll get into that later, but thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself? Yeah. I'm a former news anchor and reporter. Uh, did TV for five years. And then I had our, my daughter um, Mm -hmm. and my husband was a military orthodontist and the Mm -hmm. military moved us across the country. He was supposed to do this one year residency program. um, And I thought it was the perfect time to take off of TV news. Um, And then I would go back once we got to our next assignment. And then um, he called me on May 8th, 2014 And let me know that we were going to Holloman Air Force Base. And I cried all day long (laughs) (laughs) because there's not even a target in where Holloman Air Force Base is located, which is in Alamogordo, New Mexico, Mm -hmm. um, let alone a TV news station. And I was crushed because my career was over and my identity was so wrapped up in my career. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, later that day, I had a little whisper, you know, I think, uh, Holy Spirit was telling me there's something else coming. There's something else coming. And um, that whisper told me to take a pregnancy test and Mm -hmm. it was positive and we were not trying. It was a complete surprise. And I thought, okay, God, okay. You want me to be a stay at home mom? I get it. Okay. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I thought that I had it all figured out, but then two months later, we moved to Alamogordo and my life really turned on its head. 
um, once again. Mm-hmm. And um, it started with a 20 week ultrasound. And um, I noticed that the ultrasound tech was taking a really long time getting her measurements. Mm-hmm. And finally she um, got them, thanked us, walked out the room and a nurse walked in and she said, well, everything must look great because the doctor's not here. And as soon as she said those words, the doctor walked in Mm -hmm. and he explained to us that there were several markers on the ultrasound that indicated that our child had a higher chance of having a trisomy. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, it means that your child has a higher chance of having a condition like down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, I start there because that whole time period changed the trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. And it is why I'm talking to you today. So Mm -hmm. now I'm a first time author and I have three children Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, my husband, after being active duty military for nine years, we have finally settled on the space coast of Florida, um, Mm -hmm. 45 minutes South of where I grew up. And um, yeah, Mm -hmm. life has changed, changed a lot. Wow. Wow. Thank you for starting to share your story. Um, I want to dive a little bit deeper into your personal history, and then we'll um, get more into your story about your son. So um, when did you, when did you become a believer? That's a hard question um, because I had a pretty not so great church upbringing. I had one podcaster ask me to describe my church upbringing in a word and Mm -hmm. I was using, um, Mm -hmm. because I had parents who, uh, grew up Catholic, um, and decided that, um, once they moved to Florida, um, they were going to get me christened. I'm the last child of four Mm -hmm. and the church was going to require them to take um, a whole set of courses that they have already done for their other three children. Mm-hmm. And they they just are like, Nope, we're out. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so anyways, um, I had parents who were Catholic, but weren't that religious. And then they sent me to a private Christian school because they weren't happy with the public school at the time. Mm-hmm. And that school was ended up being just a very fundamentalist school. Mm-hmm. And everything was about um, who's out out and who's in. And it was all about, um, right living, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, it finally kind of came to a head when I went to a church camp when I was 11 years old Mm -hmm. and had a really terrible experience there. And, um, which I chronicle in the third chapter of my book Mm -hmm. and I came home and I don't know how to explain it, but I just knew that that was not going to be part of my life anymore Mm -hmm. at 11. And I would say that I was probably agnostic from the time I was 11 through 23, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe 22 when I met and married my husband. And, um, finally, what I would say when I really became a believer was probably around 24 years old. And I, we were going to church every Sunday. And for me as a journalist, I knew that I had to kind of investigate Christianity and if it was ever going to become a part of my life beyond Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I went through this nine month long intensive Bible study that was offered through our church. It's called disciple Bible study. If anyone's familiar with that, Mm -hmm. and it was, um, led by our main pastor who really put context and explained the history of the Bible. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
it was through that process that that's when I became a believer. So I, I have kind of a weird answer there, but I would, mm-hmm. I guess probably 24 years old. Okay. Wow. That's pretty interesting that I don't know too many churches who do that nowadays. I mean, I, at least the ones I've been to like that extensive. Yeah. You know, I've talked about that with other people before. It's like, um, kind of the new age church. It's like really good at getting you in the door. Yeah. Right. But not so much good at discipleship. Yeah. And, that sort of thing. and I agree. I think it is really rare, especially for a main pastor who has right. so much seminary training and years under his belt. It, I was very, very fortunate. And thankfully mm-hmm. that pastor, even though we no longer live in that area of Georgia, um, mm-hmm. he's still my mentor today. That's awesome. How did you see God use that after you were done with the course? You know, I think it's funny because before my big unexpected moment that we'll get to, mm-hmm. um, I thought that I had kind of deconstructed my past church upbringing. It wasn't until I was hit with the unexpected again, that the, the weeds from my past started popping up, mm-hmm. you know? And I realized even though I had learned so much, even though I had questioned so much and gotten to this new place where I had come to know Jesus of the Bible, real Jesus, not shiny Jesus, but like (laughs) Jesus who came here as a baby with no titles to his name, who came here to be marginalized, even though I had gotten to know Jesus of grace, Mm -hmm. those weeds from my past started popping up. But I think that that course, once those weeds did start popping up, it gave me the tools to start going, pulling those threads even further. Mm -hmm. Um, and helps me to really lean into my faith probably rather than lean away from it again. Mm-hmm. I love that. There was a possibility that he had um, Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he he does have it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about um, once you found that out and the higher my output was and the higher quality that was, then the worthier I became. Mm-hmm. That's what I believed without even knowing it. So when I had a child outside of societal norms, a child outside of who maybe couldn't accomplish what I had accomplished or what my husband had accomplished, well, mm-hmm. then how could he have a worthy life? Mm-hmm. And there was so much unlearning and relearning that happened during mm-hmm. this process that really was a gift. Mm-hmm. So how is he doing now? He's doing great. He's eight years old now. Um, He is in the general education classroom with his other first grade friends. And yeah, he has a wonderful life. After you went through your process of the relearning and all of that, how have you seen God just totally shift everything in your life, your family's life and through your testimony now? I mean, I say this in the book, but Anderson was not sent here to teach me something. Mm -hmm. He's a whole human person with his Mm -hmm. own life to live and his own, you know, God-given purposes. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, he has been my greatest teacher. Through him, I believe God reveals himself to me. Mm -hmm. And, And the fact like the way I believe in God is different than it would have been probably. 
um, the way that I um, advocate um, Mm -hmm. for not only him, but for others who are on the margins is, you know, that wasn't a part of my life before. I believe that Jesus's life became more real to me when a child with a disability entered my own. Mm -hmm. And um, really and truly, I mean, it's changed my career. Yes but it's changed who I am as a person. I am not who I once was. Mm -hmm. And I want people to know that no matter what your unexpected circumstance is, the unexpected is a pathway to transformation. There can be a gift that comes from it. And that is us made new. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. It kind of, it brings me back to a part in your book you were talking about how we think that when we're Christians and stuff that we have easy lives and that things aren't going to touch us. But you said, what story in the Bible tells us God's blessed lived untouched lives? More importantly, what about the life of Jesus, who was fully divine and fully human, who was innocent yet sentenced to death, tells us being chosen by God means living a life of comfort. I love that thought. Can we dig into that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think even after Anderson was born Mm -hmm. and once we got over some of those initial medical things and whatnot, I thought I went through my hard thing Mm -hmm. and then it was going to become easy again. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that we can make that mistake that this really bad thing happened or this really hard thing happened in my case. And now, um, I'm going to go back to my old ways of life and Mm -hmm. things are going to be great again, but that's not what happens. I often say parenting a child with a disability is the hardest thing I've ever done. That's just true. It is Mm -hmm. also one of my greatest gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think you can insert that with a lot of our unexpected circumstances. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is I became more aware of how difficult um, God's most used people in the Bible's lives actually were. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Catholicism overemphasizes Mary's importance. Um, so Protestantism underemphasizes Mary's story. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was really life-changing for me when I got more acquainted with um, Mary's story. And it's like, her story was so hard, yeah. so hard you know, bringing Jesus into the world and how that all worked and having to travel a hundred miles by foot, nine months pregnant. I mean, gosh, I know if it were me, I would feel very abandoned by God. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and yet we call her blessed and Mm -hmm. why do we call her blessed? Because she was used for God's best purposes, Mm -hmm. you know, and that really changed my perspective on what it means to live a blessed life. Living Mm -hmm. a blessed life means living within God's will, you know, Mm -hmm. and being so connected to your creator that his will becomes apparent and that you live into it. That's what it means to live a blessed life. Mm -hmm. So that leads me into the next um, quote that I do love from your book, where you say, it's often said we should not let our struggle define us, but I say, let it not necessarily the event itself, its effects. Mm -hmm. So when you said that, 
and you're talking about the stuff that you went through, and I can think about the stuff I've personally went through, it is one of those things that some people will be like, well, that was the defining moment, you know, in a bad way. That's when my whole life went to went to hell in a handbasket or however you want to say it. But, you know, the way we need to look at it is exactly what you say is it's hard, but there's purpose in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like for me, my personal beliefs and, and your listeners may disagree with that and that's fine. We can come to different conclusions on this, but like, mm-hmm. I believe that not every bad thing that happens to us, because I, I have been through other things outside of my child having Down syndrome, you know, right. a situation where I've come to look at it very differently than I did, mm-hmm. but I've been through other things that I can't classify as good. You right. know, I, I, I don't know if they happened on purpose, but purpose has come from them. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that purpose that can come from our hardest of circumstances is that we change through them. Mm-hmm. If we are willing to let God work within us through our hard, hard things, right? we get to know the God who came here to not only suffer for us, but to suffer with us. Mm-hmm. And when we get more in touch with that version of God, not the, not always the shiny Jesus ascending from a hill, but the God that came here to break through and to get low with us. I think we can become more like him. And when we go through that process of transformation, then that internal transformation can be set to external purposes. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that external purpose will look like helping someone go through something very similarly to what we once went through. And when that happens, when we become exceptionally equipped to help others in their struggle that were similar to ours, it's such a gift. Mm -hmm. There is a gift there. Um, And so I would just encourage people who could look at their, their lives and just think what good can come from this. I'm not trying to paint that picture all with silver linings. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it into a, tie it into a neat bow. But what I am saying is that there can be a gift that comes from it. Yeah. You change and then use that change for the good of others. Oh, amen. That is so good. And I know that will help somebody today. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, when you were going through your hard times, um, both past, present, you know, future, uh, what verses have kept you anchored? Well, I really like Psalm 13. Mm-hmm. How long Lord will you forget me forever? Um, the reason I love that verse is because I think it shows us how to be in relationship with God. You know, that even in our hardest times, this is how God expects us to be, right? Mm -hmm. He expects our grieving. He expects our lamenting. He calls us into it and Mm -hmm. yet doesn't leave us there. But at the end of that verse, and I can't quote it right now, um, I'll I'll get it wrong if I try to, but it ends with such hope, Mm -hmm. you know, but I trust in you is how that verse ends. Um, And 
that's just something I, I always go back to, you know, at the beginning of this year, we were having a really, really hard time with our son mm-hmm. and ugh, it was just so difficult. And I would read that all the time because it just reminded me of my humanity mm-hmm. and how my humanity is not a bad thing, but is honored and um, held by God too. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about the Psalms is they show so much emotion and every emotion that we would have. And so thank you so much for sharing that, that verse. Uh, is there anything else that you would want to encourage or tell listeners? The pastor that I would say brought me to be a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked me very recently if I could sum up in one phrase what going through the unexpected, there was a five-year period where we went through the unexpected again and again and again. And he said, what would you sum that up what you've learned in one phrase? Mm -hmm. And my phrase was that the resurrection is not just about what happens at the end of this life. Mm -hmm. It's what's available to us in this life, in and out and over again. And what I would say to your listeners is that after the unexpected happens, you may never get your old life back. You may not, but God makes new things come out of what seems dead. Mm -hmm. I use a lot of nature metaphor in this book. Um, And part of that is because we were just um, traveling so much with the military and exposed to different scenery that we've just never seen before, but I, mm-hmm. I'll leave your listeners with this metaphor. In Alamogordo, there is one bright spot in Alamogordo, New Mexico, and that is White Sands National Monument. Mm-hmm. And what that used to be, why it's there, is that that whole part of New Mexico was covered by a giant lake. Mm-hmm. The lake dried up. It's never coming back. But what did it leave behind? It created a new creation. You know, through this unreal process it left behind this white gypsum that is so stunningly beautiful and Mm -hmm. I think that's how God Mm -hmm. acts in our lives too Mm -hmm. yes some parts of ourselves some parts of our lives may die and yet God makes new things come from those little deaths we experience here Oh, amen. I love that visual. And anybody who's visual just got a big, big picture of that. So thank well, there's you. There's a lot of that in the book. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't wait to fully dig into that. So, um, and where can people find you and where can people get your book? Yeah, they can find me on Facebook at Jillian Benfield, Instagram, Jillian Benfield blog. And my website's JillianBenfield.com, where I have three free eBooks on my website. If you want to grab those, mm-hmm. my book is, if it, my book is called the gift of the unexpected discovering who you are meant to be when life goes off plan. And it is available on Amazon target Barnes and Noble. Um, and it's always 30% off at Baker publishing house. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jillian, for taking time to talk with me today. And you guys go give her a follow. Thank her for coming on the podcast and have a great week. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged, 
in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.